Welcome to Makers Chat, a podcast community for creatives. I'm your host, Danielle Kaminsky, artist, maker, and educator in South Carolina. If you are a creative business owner, then you're in the right place. This episode is part of a special five-week series with our special guest, Hillary Kay, business coach and Enneagram expert. We believe that the Enneagram is more than a personality test. It is an amazing tool that we can use to not only better understand ourselves, but to better understand those around us. We'll begin each episode one-on-one with Hillary herself as we deep dive into each type, and then we'll chat with a creative who has used the tool to see how it has helped them in their business. So let's jump right in. Okay, you guys, so we are finally starting to wrap up this series on the Enneagram. We are here again this week with business coach and Enneagram expert Hillary Kay, and today we're going to be talking about the type nine. So how's it going, Hillary? (laughs) Good. It's the last one. Lots of good, good stuff within the last uh, nine episodes. So I'm excited to talk about the type nine. Yes. So let's just jump right in. Tell us what we need to know about the type nine, about the motivations and the fears and all their connection points. Yeah, absolutely. So the type nine is known as the mediator. Um, They are like the ultimate um, calmness in a room, the peacemaker. Um, Their core motivators are being at peace and being harmonious. Um, they want to change the world. They want really, you know, like that. Um, I think of whenever I think of the type nine's core motivators, I think of the movie Miss Congeniality and how all of the contestants say that they want world peace. <laughs> and that is, that is truly what the type nine desires and wants um, is peace and harmony um, in themselves and for other people. Um, their core fears are conflict, um, type nines hate conflict, um, or separation from comfort. Um, they really, um, don't like the feeling, that feeling of unsettled and it scares them more than, more than other types. Um, so because of that, the type nine's strengths are that they're extremely thoughtful, um, they are compassionate, um, and they are passionate also. Um, I, I feel like whenever I do the, the type nine strengths, all of their uh, strengths rhyme with each other. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, passionate, thoughtful, respectful, dedicated. Um, they really care. Um, and more so than any, I work with a lot of type nines, um, because type nines had to get burnt out very easily, um, because they care so much. It's a, it's a huge strength, um, of theirs. They feel things deeply. They are the, you know, one of the types that's in that body center. So the Enneagram is comprised of three intelligence centers. So how you, um, make decisions and best take action, and in like opposition from their other friends in the gut center, the eight and the one who definitely feel anger and get riled up type nines, just it fuel, it just like, it makes their passion just explode. And they do so in a way that is not in an outburst. Um, it's more of that passive aggression, um, of that, that fuels, you know, that, that passion and dedication, um, towards something. 
Um, type nines um, also, just like all nine of the types, have four other connection points within the diagram that it's really important um, for them to be aware of. So type nines, don't just focus on um, your strengths and obstacles of your type. You have two wings, which are the numbers on either side of you in the diagram. So um, nines, you can go to the eight and the one um, and pick up some of the strengths and talents um, of those types as well to help you along in your health and um, sustainability journey, both personally and professionally. Um, and then we have those two um, integration lines. So your lines of stress and your lines of health. Um, type nines go to a type three when they are healthy. Um, and so they're going to pick up those more positive attributes of a type three, which is being really front and center and sharing their passion and making that change in the world, achieving their world peace goals um, and making taking those next best steps to get there. Um, but on the flip side, type nines go to a type six um, when they are stressed or headed toward burnout and they pick up some of those more challenging um, obstacles of that type six personality. So that can really result in a highly anxious mind. Um, type nines, when they are stressed or headed to burnout, get overstimulated really easily. Um, they have lots of ping pong ball thoughts, can't make a decision. They are very hesitant, um, fearful, um, and skeptical about their next step. Yeah. So how can, um, how can the type, my husband's a type nine. So all of that, you know, I hear all of that for sure, <laughs> but, um, how can a type nine harness all of that and turn it into a superpower for their business? Absolutely. So type nines are fantastic listeners. Um, they, because their inclination is to not put themselves first, um, this is why type nines and type twos get kind of mistyped a lot is because they have very, a lot of similarities, and especially when it comes to business. Um, type nines are just, they're amazing listeners. They um, take everything into consideration. Um, they, their needs are not primary. Um, they put others before themselves. And that's really their superpower is they are, because they are so thoughtful about what they put out there, that's gonna come across to, um, to the clients and customers. Type nines have a magnetism to them. You just want to be around a type nine because they're warm and they, you feel safe yeah. with a type nine because that's what they wanna provide for you is an atmosphere that is conflict-free right, and right. Um, uh, just accepting yeah. of ideas and thoughts. Yeah. And do you agree that a type nine, they're, they're excellent problem solvers for that same reason. They just take mm -hmm. it all in and yep. let it come yep, out. Absolutely. And I, yeah. And that's, I think that's why their moniker really is the mediator, right? Because mm -hmm. mediators have to see all sides and they help you come to an agreement, right. taking all right. of this information in and coming to an agreement that serves everyone, everyone. right? Yeah. 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 I love it. So then what would you say to them for the type nine, um, aside from the things that they could notice in themselves, what are some of the external messages 
that they might get from customers or loved ones or, or peers that would be a red flag that they're headed towards burnout? Mm-hmm. Um, procrastination. So that's obviously an internal thing, but that can show up by saying, oh, you said you were going to roll out this new product. Where is it? (laughs) Um, You know, deadlines keeping getting pushed back, right? Like maybe a client said, oh, you said you would have that to me by X. You know, type nines are, I mean, the procrastinators of procrastinators um, when, when they are in a good spot. Right. Um, and so hearing things like, you know, like that, or, oh my gosh, it's taking you forever. Like, let's go, <laughs> you know, because when type nines are healthy, they, they harness that free energy, which is more of that go, go, go. Right. right? Um, and when they don't, they're not following any sort of structure. Um, when they're just kind of aimless and, you know, type nines can sit by themselves in a room forever and not even notice it when they're not healthy yeah, because they just get lost in their head and that ping pong, you know, ping pong ball situation. So when people around them are like, hello, anybody home? Like they're definitely active, right? Like in their minds, um, but they're not going to be showing that in the action, right? So that's when they need to harness that three energy. Yeah, I love it. Hillary, thank you so much for being a part of this series with us. It has been awesome um, getting your perspective and having you, you know, teach us a little bit about all nine types. This has just been great. Thank you so much for participating with us and, and giving us an opportunity to learn from you. You're very welcome. This was so fun. I, I love talking about the Enneagram and especially when it comes to, to work and showing that there really can be sustainability and work-life balance. Um, so I love it. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. For more from Hillary, you can follow her online on Facebook and Instagram or head over to her website, hillarykay.com. H-I-L-L-A-R-I-E-K-A-Y.com. And right now you can pre-order her new book, Unlock Your Potential at Work. And everyone who pre-orders their book before December 3rd is actually entered in a drawing for a free one-hour call with Hillary herself. So head on over through the links in our show notes and get your hands on that today. Now let's talk to this next creative. So this week, as we go to talk to our type nine, it's a little bit of a different format because instead of a fellow maker, handmade business owner, I'm chatting with my husband. So you guys get to get to sort of virtually meet Jason because he is a type nine. So hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I always ask everybody how long you've known about the Enneagram. Oh, um. Hmm, let's see. How long since you told me about it? <laughs> about um, two years? I, I don't know. It's been a couple of years since yeah. it's been in my hem- in you know, my sphere of reference. But I'm trying to remember when I like started needling at you. I remember taking the test verbally on our way down to see the parents at the beach that one week. Yes, so. yes. Okay, so it was like a two-hour car ride. And we settled in for one of the legs. And I was like, okay, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> Um, and that was sort of how we started to figure out where you fell. I can't remember. I don't know if you can either. Was like, were you a clear nine? Was that your top result or did it take some figuring out? It took a little bit. Well, you had me pick this something else. 
I did. Um, and then, uh, and you shouldn't do that, guys. You should you shouldn't <laughs> type people. It's not nice. <laughs> well, to be fair, you didn't tell me until after I took it because you're like, oh, I thought you were. That's true, but I, I probably shouldn't have told you what I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it was, and we did go back and forth between two of them because um, yeah, and we even had to go down and look at what's. What was it? The uh, when you look at we'd looked at the mistyping. Yeah, the mistyping. Yeah, yeah, to really help kind of hone in, but also like you know the motivations. Like we we got there, we got there. But you're a type nine for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, and the dysfunctions. The I dysfunctions that would definitely put me in the. <laughs> that some of the struggles were a little more um, easy to identify, <laughs> but yes. Um, so, as a nine, and probably, like, super interesting for us, because I'm a type three, so as a three, I go towards the unhealthy characteristics of a nine when I'm in stress. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed that sometimes, for me anyway, even if I love people dearly, some of the people that it's hardest for me to get along with have been type sixes. Because when they're in stress, they go to the negative qualities of a type three. And it's just my personal opinion that the qualities we hate most in other people are usually the qualities that we are actually hating the most in ourselves. Um, so I feel like for, for you, um, since I mean, do you ever feel that? Do you like see me doing the, the detachment and the avoidance and think, Oh my God, she's driving me crazy. Occasionally. Occasionally. (laughs) And it's so hard to be able to tell you that that's happening because like, I'm so bad at that, that then it's like, pot kettle black i mean <laughs> yeah it's um one of those where that is one of our biggest yeah. I mean, a struggle yeah but i mean yeah uh, yeah well yeah absolutely plus um, dysfunction in the same way a lot too so yeah and that's you know in, in a marriage relationship when you're feeding each other enabling each other and feeding each other in stress that's not necessarily a good thing but on the flip side as a nine you go to a three in health and you really value action and getting things done, I do. which of course feeds into the idea of, you know, the three over here trying to achieve everything and check everything off the to-do list. So we also do yeah. really well together when we're <laughs> in health, yep, right? Except whenever I take that to-do list and do about one fourth of every single item on the task, <laughs> but that's, that's issue. a completely other topic, right? <laughs> <laughs> But, um, so how much have you, like, I know how much I talk about it. How much have you dug into it without me over your shoulder telling you to? You mean like Enneagram and that kind of stuff? Well, I think a lot about, you know, how it drives and how it motivates me, especially with you and all that. Um, done a little bit of research, but I'll be honest, it's been a while since I've gone back and... Well, it's just because I was wondering about the connection point, um, the mm-hmm. uh, your other connection point, so the six. So mm-hmm. as a nine, you go to a six in stress. Um, the, six? <laughs> the six is the loyalist. So know. the six is the, they're very community oriented, but they really value security. Mm-hmm. And they like to make, I mean, like if there's anything they can do to guarantee security and safety, they want to do it. And sometimes that anxiety that it provokes can be a little debilitating. Um, that's okay. one of the stress factors with the six. That definitely is. Uh, definitely fits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially both professionally and uh, just in general. It's um struggle with, uh, you know, breaking that um, 
the things that I have to do to break up the was it the um they'll cause this this the group to the break apart a little bit. Gotcha. You know, I gotcha, and, gotcha. Not letting not letting the stress get into the group dynamic and really mess things up there. Which makes sense because on um, the flip side of that, as just as an eye in general, you don't like conflict. Mm -hmm. You I mean, you know, you want everyone on the same page. But, you know, now do you feel like you're good at when you want everyone on the same page, do you feel like you're good at being the mediator and getting in there and helping everybody get on the same page? Or do you feel like if everyone's fighting, you're just like throw your hands up and walk away and like, yep, nope, not touching that. Uh, it depends on like where I am in it. I mean, there's a lot of times where I am very good at being able to get everybody on the same page and show the different, how close we are together and all that and just help that out. It's just that uh, um, one thing that as a nine throws me off the ball is whenever I see a mindset that I just don't understand. <laughs> I mean, that that's when I can go into that lockdown point where I just don't know what to do. I mean, it, and yeah. we've been in that before where I just keep yeah. getting fixated on trying to understand yeah. how the, this mindset occurs. Why, why can't we agree? <laughs> or, I don't understand. <laughs> why? Yeah. You know? you know, I definitely get that. I like to understand. I like to understand why, too. But I can... I can I can say, it's all right, we're not on the same page, and keep moving, and you have a lot harder time with that. Yeah. Especially if it's something that I've thought through at work, and thought through and tried to come up to a common solution to it, and then it's all of a sudden something completely out of left field comes through and just kind of blows it out of the water. I'm like, but, but this does what you want. <laughs> we talked about this. We got to this, you know, and it's yeah. just like, I can go in paralysis sometimes with yeah. that. So, so Kind of briefly, go ahead and tell everyone what you do for a living. Since you're not a handmade business <laughs> owner, he does like to make things and tinker with things, but it's in the computer realm. Um, so, like, I don't know, it's surface level, I guess, as you can tell. It's because I know that it's, it's a complicated kind of job. Just t tell us what, what it is that you so, do. So, uh, basically, it's the um, we've got a software system that we use to manage inventory. And so, I go in and I try to apply this to all these different processes that we have in place and so the creative part of that is that i've got to take this predefined thing and try to figure out the best way the most not necessarily the most creative but it takes a lot of creativity to make it fit into these it's like the round circle into the square hole how do you get it to work and how do you adjust things and that kind of stuff and work and, a lot of workarounds and yeah things like and that. how do you um, convince people that uh this is the best thing for them yes. even though sometimes it's yes. not but it's the and i could see um just personally what I know too, and I'll, I'll tell them because you didn't necessarily say this, but like you're not a manager of people, you're a manager of projects. And so you have to get everyone to work together in yeah. order to accomplish anything, and yet you don't have any authority over them. Yeah. So I could see where as a nine, you could on the one side be very good at that, at bringing people together and helping, you know, get rid of the conflict and make things go well because you're working towards this common goal. But I could also see where that would get frustrating if you can't tell people what to do and you don't like conflict, that could get complicated. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's because if something's not going the way it is and I've got to pull in someone else to help put someone on the right track, then it means that I've got to go up multiple levels of management to try to get it done. And it that's a lot of conflict to throw on it. So um, it, it's a little bit of a stressing point for me yeah. often. So. Yeah. Do you feel like what areas 
okay, no, I'm not going to phrase that question that way because that might be a weird question <laughs> to ask my husband. But <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I will say, well, I was just going to say, how do, you, do you, how do you feel like it's different at home versus at work? Um, but I think you kind of... I can't call your manager. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you can't call my manager and tell Although me. sometimes I call your mom. No, you don't. <laughs> Anyway, um, go, okay, go ahead and answer that. You can go ahead and answer that question. If it's really horrible, we'll edit it out, right? <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure you're going to edit out this whole thing. So. <laughs> um, so what was the question? Just how do you how do you see the qualities of being a type nine, the characteristics, the motivation, that push and everything? How do you see that it plays out differently for you like at work versus at home with me or even just with the rest of your family, like your parents, your siblings. Oh, okay. um, so like with my family and all that, I really try to be the one that gets everybody together and uh, you know, last to make decisions on um, what we're actually going to do or um, try to take everybody else's uh, plans and like for holidays plans into account. And <laughs> that's always a fun point there. So, Yep. And I can see that because you want to make everyone happy, but I also see the avoidance that comes out when you know you can't make everyone happy. That is true. And you're just like, whatever. Everyone can do what they want to do and I'll show up and that's just the end of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially whenever I'm in times of stress, like it's definitely yeah. out there. So, And yeah. of course, you know, that, that ebbs and flows. We all have different points in time when stress is worse than others. So. <laughs> Well, and it's been hard. I've talked on the podcast before about stuff that we've struggled with, and it's it's been a handful of tough years in a row. So there's been a lot of stress around that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about wings? We've talked a little bit about this. I don't know if you've thought more about it or if you have any more of an opinion than last time we talked about it. I'll cut out all the Red Bulls. So I mean, oh, stop it, <laughs> Red Bulls. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> As a type nine, you either have, you could have a type eight wing or a type one wing or neither, or just a little of both. Do you feel like you lean more towards one than the other? Like when you've looked into it or do you not necessarily feel that way? Um, I had a, I was thinking that when I looked into it last time, I was thinking it leans more towards the eight, was it? Um. That's my opinion. <laughs> Well, it was mine, too. And not just because I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you feel very comfortable with me, thankfully, since I'm your wife. But, but yeah, you, so, you know, the other thing, we just talked about the type 8 in the last episode, and we talked about them being, you know, they're the challenger, they're the protector. That's the biggest thing, is that they want to protect people. But they also will challenge and test position like authority figures or even just people who think they have the answer sometimes. And we often reference the fact that you like to play the devil's advocate. I do. Um, Absolutely and love that. that does not feel like a type nine thing at mm. all. So that was the hardest thing for me to reconcile figuring out that, you know, when we were figuring out you were a type nine, it was just like, but then why? That's the peacemaker. Why is he always trying to rile me up? <laughs> um, but then that idea of, you know, that eight wing with the challenger, that that kind of made sense. And then just again that, you know, you're also the mediator. So you're you like to help as a as a type nine, as a mediator, you want everyone to see all of the different sides of the problem. So 
you challenge me to look at things from a different angle because you're comfortable with me, thankfully, yeah. right? Because and I see them, and I like to share with you when I see them. Yeah, so. yeah. And that's a uh, definitely something that kind of struggles with, and I try to be a little bit more aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, I definitely could see that. Although I I do think that you are probably someone who kind of takes a little bit from both sides mm -hmm. because you know the type one is the reformer. They have that strong, um, strong distinction between good and bad. Like they have a really strong moral compass and they, you know, they know what they believe is right and what they believe is wrong. And they get very firmly grounded in that. And I think that you, you can, you can take that on sometimes. Yeah. Especially in like a professional or a area where I think that it's, I have mm -hmm. some expertise or some type of um, back and knowledge of it. Cause it's funny cause a lot of things I just don't see care or need <laughs> about it but there's certain you know everybody's got their own opinion but there's certain things that just drive me off the wall that it's not done right i mean yeah and it's very rare to come through but yeah especially at work when i can see people that don't see enough of the overall and it goes back to being yeah. that, that nine where i see a lot of different picture. points of view the big picture but um and by being able to see the big picture i can also see the individual yeah kind of, it, with that um something that i don't know that you and i have ever really talked about at length okay. but with the enneagram not an uh -oh. <laughs> but um the like the instinct center or the the thinking what do you call it well i'm, I'm losing my words because now i'm trying to use the words that describe the centers so the um, intelligence centers, oh, that's yes. the word I'm looking for, the intelligence centers. So you've got the instinctual center, the feeling center, and then the thinking center. And you are right, of the nine is like right in the middle of the instinct, like instinctive thinking and gut, the gut center, um, which means that like, you just, I don't know, you, you use your instincts. It's, it's very, they, they say it's like very body driven because it's like that, you know, you get that feeling in your gut and you just follow that. And it, it's very, you're and very, if it's internal. not there, I'm really in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you get an instinct on what you want to eat for dinner? <laughs> I'm confident that we are not the only people that have that discussion every day and go, seriously, could someone just like hand me a list and tell me what I'm eating? Because even if I look at it and I'm like, yeah, no, that's not what I want. That's enough, right? Because <laughs> then it tells me what I don't want. <laughs> Whereas you are, and you are just so, you, you're very adventurous by nature too. And it's like, the world is your oyster most of the time. And I feel like that makes it even harder because you're not deciding between one or two things. And I'm not just talking about food here. I'm just talking about in general things mm -hmm. that you like to do. You, you like so many things oh, that yeah. there's, you know. It's not already narrowed down to a handful of choices here. You're you're looking at like, what do I want to do today? And like, there's a million options out there where if I'm going, what I want to do today, I probably either want to like paint, weave, or read. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I just got a handful of things that I really love to do. Um, whereas you're just like, I'm up for anything. And that makes it a lot harder. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> that's actually where I end up back in that paralysis sometimes because I can't decide what I want. Kind of like people who go on Netflix and surf the channels for hours and hours trying to decide what to watch. Just watch all the trailers. Just watch all the trailers. Yeah. But I do that in life often where I can't decide what I want to do. What do you want to do in your spare time? Um, let's see. Do I want to work on this or this or this or this or, or just sleep? Three or, hours later, it's yeah. like, oh, free time's over. <laughs> yeah. And I still don't have anything done that way. Anyways. <laughs> but, but yeah. Yeah. 
the question is, do I really like all those things or do I just see all the different perspectives of them? And that's why I think I like them. But I think I like them. (laughs) So with that, though, like with the instinctive thought process, you know, how's that? I mean, I just would love to hear you talk about that a little bit if you have any thoughts about it, just because I'm so you know, in the feeling center, I'm very driven by not only my own feelings and emotions, but the feelings and emotions of other people, Hmm. like being very empathetic to what's happening around me and drawing that energy, whether I mean to or not. And like, that's something that I've learned a lot over the past year, especially is like being careful who I have around me Hmm. because their energy affects me, um, in a major way. So like for me, that's over in the feeling center. How do you feel like that translates being, you know, in the instinctive center. Um, I mean, it's weird because like the, the, I'm really good at thinking and planning and coming up with things a little bit further out. But whenever I get closer to the minute, that's when like the gut reaction kind of sets in. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just, it is what it is. I mean, and that kind of goes. And maybe by, that's the difference. It just of, is what it is, and you go with the decision, yeah. and then when it's done, it's done. Yeah. And I try to weigh everything, but at the same time, at the end of the day, since I see so many different perspectives of it, it's got to be down to some type of gut. Because, you know, just like with food, it all ends up being about the same. It's just they're all different varieties. Yeah. A lot of times. And, um, make a call and go with it. Yeah, that, that goes back to that whole discussion we had earlier where I was surprised when you were talking about, um, you didn't, uh, what was it, some of the different um, Enneagrams had trouble with under, not feeling like their true self. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you are who you are, so how can you not be yourself? I mean, okay. you know, and it's just yeah. that that's my it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, and that, I guess that makes sense. That's that body center, the yeah. gut instinct. It's just, this is what it is. And this is and, me today. It might not be me tomorrow, but I mean, <laughs> and I can see that. me tomorrow is me then. I mean, it just keeps changing. So yeah. uh, sometimes I really hate future me or hate past me, but future <laughs> hate me, future me really hates past me often. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You can't get hung up in it, right? Yep, especially when past me is being lazy and puts things off. But yeah, funny little note right now. I just said hindsight's twenty twenty, and we've always considered twenty twenty to be this great clear vision kind of thing. But but now twenty twenty has this whole new meaning. Oh yes, good point. And here I thought you were going to talk about people who have better than twenty twenty vision. So anyways, oh, is that a thing? Uh, that is a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I thought 2020 vision was perfect. No, 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 no I'm pretty sure. But yeah. Oh. You can actually. I, I thought Dad was saying he had like 21 something after his LASIK surgery or whatever the. Oh. So. so that's not unbalanced. That's like better than perfect. That's, I don't know. We can look it up. I was going to have to look that up. That's, why that's new to me. Look, yeah. That's new to me. But. Well, uh, yeah, 2020 any, definitely yeah. is. A, yeah. No, 2020 is a new meaning altogether. All right. So we're we're not going to spin out because we're going to keep the episode short. So we're not going to go onto any um, crazy tangents. We're not going to talk about twenty. We're not going to talk about yeah. No, we're not going to We're not going to talk about any other crazy tangents. I'm going to get your asks and any of that. We are going to talk about. We're going to ask you if there's anything else you feel like you have learned about about you have learned. Excuse me about being a type nine that you would want to share. Oh wow, that's a 
<laughs> let's see. The paralysis is real, <laughs> but that's kind of clear. Um, be patient with us. Because we can't, although we are gut feelers, a lot of times we got to think through all the difference in the, the different perspectives before we get down to that gut and see how we are because we got to figure out what our gut is saying. Mm. And sometimes it's quiet, but it's there. So, because we oftentimes we aren't ruled by the emotions or the other people's perspective of us. So we got to internalize and look in, or at least that's my understanding or yeah. what I see. That makes sense. And me by by me saying that at least that's my understanding is probably one of the most benign things I could say because <laughs> I'm putting out there that there's at least that's what I think. Yeah, other people I, yeah, might other think people differently. Think <laughs> I'm not everybody. I'm just me. I'm it's just a very me. very peacemaker <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very but, true. What is it? The three in me can come out and <laughs> <laughs> this is it. We're getting it done. Do it right. Do it now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I get that too. I understand. Thank you for doing this. I know that you were like, wait, what? <laughs> we're, well, and we I'm going to talk about my creative side. I mean, we can talk about your creative side. Do you want to tell them about your creative projects? Oh, well, I mean, I've got so many different creative projects that I don't spend the time actually working on that often, but I love yeah. working on them. You do have lots of tools yeah. and stuff that you haven't had a chance to use this past year. It's been a busy year. Yeah. Been a busy year. But you have done a lot of fun projects. You do a lot of outdoor work, you do a lot of gardening. And you have taught yourself a lot about gardening and vegetation and, you know, things about nature that I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about right now. Back that up. But, and that's pretty cool. But then you've also done like some crafty things before. Oh, yeah. I like uh, doing oh, circuit boards and that kind of stuff, too. And yeah. then um, doing a little miniature with clay and that kind of stuff as yep, well. Yeah, that was, and, yeah. I mean, and then try to make you a ring, but that time didn't. That one didn't work out. out so well. No, he he was gonna he, but it was really cool, and I love that you tried, and you probably could do it had you had more time. Yeah. Um, was, <laughs> but that's my. <laughs> but that's. <laughs> you know, I will say it's funny because I I see it in myself too when I get overwhelmed and I put too many things on my plate. Um, it, it look, I mean, it's like procrastination is really real. And, and sometimes it's not procrastination in and of itself. It's that I've overloaded my plate, but then there's also that moment of like, I don't know, just putting things off to the last minute and you do that too. So I'm thinking that must be a nine thing. It must be something that happens with me and stress, especially too, like when I've got too much going on, um, just kind of yeah. wait until the last minute. Well, I think part of the nine is that actually doesn't help for that is we see everybody's perspective, right? So if someone comes up and asks us for something we see their perspective of what's going on with them and are more likely to try to help them, in my opinion. No. Nines, nines are very, very helpful and loving and caring. And it's funny to because... Sometimes to your own detriment. But it's funny because I was actually... I'm, I'm glad you said that because I did want to bring this up. I'm, I'm sure that it was one of the things that Hillary mentioned. And if not, then it, maybe it was in another conversation. But tight for... Especially, especially for guys... Um, Type twos and type nines look very similar and for different reasons. Nines are very helpful, can be very doting, doing things for people constantly. And I'm surprised you're not laughing out loud right now because if you guys have ever been around, he's he's forever helping me and doing stuff for me and just taking care of me. And I appreciate it. And it looks like the behavior sometimes that you would expect from a type two because they're the helper, right? But it's a different motivation. 
the helper helps people because they want to feel needed and feel loved. Whereas the nine, the peacemaker, is wanting to help people and make everyone feel good because they're trying to create this environment that is free of conflict where everyone is happy and has their needs met. So the actions are very similar, but the motivations are very different. Um, so anyway, like that's just a really good example. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about it earlier today that the nines and twos in particular, sometimes when they test even, they can they can mistype pretty easy. But um, but yeah. So you do a lot of creative things to help me. And a lot of that I think is because you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of that is because you want to help me and you want to mm -hmm. make things easy for me. Um, well, I've got a very unique skill set. And <laughs> <laughs> what's the last rest of the little thing from Taken? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Liam Mason, I have a very special set of skills. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. You do. Um, so, yeah, he helps me a lot with different things around the shop. He's very handy. But um, also, uh -oh. well, no, I'm just, we're talking about you being creative. And you are my husband, and you have this opportunity to, to tell people how sweet and creative you are. So, like, probably your last craft project was was when you proposed to me oh yes was that the last one man that's been a while. i mean maybe not i don't okay. know it's, it's the most memorable one for me i guess <laughs> <laughs> yep so that was where i um did a clay tree um christmas tree and um kind of made an ornament with a nice little led light because i took my little tech background or wiring background it's not even really tech but created some led lights on it and uh, put it into it's supposed to be an ornament for a tree but of and course he worked on it for so long that it was too heavy to hang on the tree that is true and so he had to place it in a clear box in order to give it to me but it was yeah, adorable so brian had little what was it um uh, ladybugs and little other little things on the because i love ladybugs yeah. just for anyone who thought that maybe ladybugs and christmas were weird yeah but it was a little just, christmas just a few tree. little things on it that was yeah fun. you made a polymer clay christmas tree and put little led lights in it and had it on a base that had like the fake snow and had a little ladybug mm. and on top i put the um saf white sapphire earring yes. in it yes because he couldn't put the ring on there. Like, he couldn't figure figure that particular part out. So he just... Actually, I don't know if it was that or if he wanted to fake me out because... Yeah, hey, I needed to have something <laughs> on the hander. So he um, he put an, an earring, a white sapphire earring, as the, the tree topper. So when you looked at it and you looked down in the box, there was this clear stone that, of course, you know, would have looked like a diamond. Mm -hmm. um, and the LEDs were supposed to make it shimmer and, and all I that. did. Fun. It was adorable. I love and, it. I still have it. Yep. And I put it underneath the Christmas tree whenever I was going to propose to her. And so we're there and all this. And I got music going. I had a video camera hidden in a snowman, I think it was, somewhere. <laughs> And so she comes out and gets all ready and uh, doesn't notice it. So, so then I literally had to dance her over to it and kind of lean her over. Yeah, he had to. He had to be very um, overt, I guess, getting my attention on it because I was not paying attention to that. And then, of course, by the time you did, like, you actually didn't get any of the proposal on the video no, because. No. <laughs> it's okay. But hey, it's all right. I met you. Well, and he still does super no. sweet things like that, but he he definitely has has a. A creative line through him that he likes to do fun things like that and you're gonna start working on stained glass that is true yes that is something Hopefully. that he started playing with this past year hasn't done a lot with yet but wants to do more yeah Hopefully that works kind of calm down a little bit. I might have some time here at the holidays or 
yeah. early next year, but yeah, it's, it's kind of hard taking it on the when I travel to work on it. So. Yeah, he's been traveling a lot, but that's slowing down now. So, but we're, we're, I think the whole world, everyone who is within the sound of my voice, is hoping that 2022 goes just a little bit more smoothly <laughs> than the past couple of years. So, I know, knock on wood. <laughs> well, thank you. Oh, no, my very pleasure. Much. I appreciate you. Doing this with me, this was fun. So the type nine is the last type on the Enneagram. There's going to be one more episode in this series, and basically you're just going to hear from me. I'm going to give you just sort of this overarching idea of why the Enneagram has been so important to me personally and how I think you can use it in your business and in your life if that's something that you're interested in. And then, yeah, basically I want to tell you more about why we've dedicated five weeks on this podcast with two episodes a week um, to talk about this because I think it's pretty awesome. So thank you for doing this. You're welcome. My pleasure to be here. I'll talk to the rest of you guys later this week. That's all for this week's episode of Makers Chat. We cannot wait to share more with you about the Enneagram in coming episodes. Just remember to check out our show notes for links to learn more from Ms. Hillary Kay, to get on the list for her book launch. And of course, if you haven't already joined us on Facebook inside the Makers Chat community, please go ahead and do that. That's where you can go for deeper conversation to connect with not only the creatives that are here in the podcast, but other creatives just like you in our community. You guys have a wonderful day and we'll talk again soon.